What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Keith from Mixtag. Today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you're able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. And I'll tell you what, man, when we go to Disney, you know me and my family. Uh, there's six, seven luggage containers, uh, you know, book bags, totes, uh, carry-ons. It's ridiculous, especially this last time. And uh, you got to have the right gear. So this is awesome. We are teaming up with DB exclusively to our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10, P-O-D-10, or going to the link in our show notes, DB. It's time to move on. Time to get going. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, the wrestling encyclopedia and three-time Indian leg wrestling champion, Mr. Keith White. And I'm here all by my lonesome. All by myself. This is one of those crazy weeks where Jared and I just couldn't get it together. So this is all me. Uh, but I've actually got some friends that are going to join me in this episode later on. I want to talk to you real quick about AEW and how crazy things are right now uh, they just had a fantastic show uh where adam cole wrestled and also sammy guevara won the tnt championship from miro this brings me to a point though i was thinking about something in episode 26 of our show a long time ago we are so close to episode 100 this is episode 97 if you can't count in episode 26 jared and the Floridian villain himself, Cam Manning, actually had a debate about AEW and TNA. And our friend Battle was the moderator. But it's crazy to think now how far AEW has come from that. I'll be honest with you, you're going to listen to this. Jared kind of took a whooping, and he knows it. But nowadays, man, they have Brian Danielson. They have Adam Cole. They have CM Punk. They got Kenny Omega. They have this crazy stacked roster that has grown leaps and bounds uh, since we started Mixtag, the podcast. So tonight, as I record, for your listening pleasure, we're going to take you back, back in a time to that debate. And now you can listen to it with fresher ears, we should say. A different perspective based on where the company is now. So... Without further ado, let's get into the great debate. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode, a special episode, I should say, of Mixtag. It's your man Jared Watson here. I'm alongside the always entertaining Miss Tanae Purnell. 
and two friends of the show. Keith is on uh, paternity leave, of course. He just had his son, Nathan. Congratulations to Keith, of course. Uh, we miss you, buddy. Uh, hopefully, we'll get you back soon. But we have some interesting friends here today uh, for our special debate episode. We have the friend of the show and person I, person I will be debating uh, today, Mr. Cam Manning. Cam, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. I would appreciate it if you'd address me as the multi-time left foot pinky toe wrestling champion. <laughs> so, so, uh, so if you're going to address me, address me correctly. Oh, okay, Keith White. I didn't know you made a special appearance on the show today. Uh, all right. That's your new nickname. We're going to start calling you that from now on every time you come on. Uh, <laughs> but, guys, uh, today's a special episode, like I said in the beginning. It's our special debate episode, TNA versus AEW, which was better, uh, TNA Prime or AEW uh, for the past year and a half. Uh, and we have a special moderator today for our debate. You know, AEW had Eric Bischoff as a special moderator, but I think we got them beat uh, in that case. We have Mr. Tim Battle from Battleground Podcast with us today. Tim, how you doing, man? You ready to moderate this thing? I don't, I, I don't know if I could step into the shoes of Eric Bischoff, but I'm going to at least try to be somewhat of a good moderator. I'm going to call it down the middle. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, man. We're, we're going to have some fun. Yes. Yes, we are, man. We're ready to go. Cam and I have been waiting for this for a long time. Tanae is here to give her a reaction to everything we say. Hopefully, she's on my side. I hope she is at least, uh, but we'll see. Uh, battle, without further ado, man, I'm going to hand it over to you for the rest of the show to moderate this thing. So, whenever you're ready, man. All right, here we go. Uh, so first things first, Cam, first thing we need to know is what specifically are you referring to as TNA at its peak? And uh, when you refer to the comparison of the success of AEW. Okay, uh, I would love to answer that question. Uh, first off, I'm going to start with uh, a little intro as to how we got here. Uh, the last time I was on the show, I made an offhanded comment to Jared as the microphones were off. And Jared said that AEW was, I believe I'm quoting when I say the greatest thing that's ever been invented in the history of the world or some version of that phrase. Uh, to which I said, AEW is lovely. I enjoy it. It's a good year one. It's solid. But prime TNA would destroy everything that AEW hopes and dreams of at, at every second, at every level. Uh, and thus we, uh, now we're here and we're somehow debating a startup franchise versus, uh, like a 15 year vet. So I will be choosing the era. And I think we actually all agreed on this individually before I even mention anything. The sweet spot of TNA is really that Oh five to Oh nine era. And I think all of us pretty much agree on that. So I'm going to stick to that time frame. That, that is a perfect good time frame. I know I've talked to several of the guys on the show that I was there from day one uh, during the TNA days from when the first episode happened at, well, second episode happened at Minnesota Auditorium to moving to the asylum. I was there every Wednesday night up until they, you know, pulled a Baltimore Colts and up and moved to Orlando. So, um, so I'm going to try, try not to show favoritisms on this part right here. Um, so yeah, so first question is for Jared. So let's, let's do this now. Uh, you've been impressed with the weekly match quality from the beginning and stated that on your podcast, what can you give as an example to match quality that you feel is superior compared to cams 
claims? Right. That, that's a good question to start off with, Battle. But uh, really quickly, I want to do a little bit of what Cam did. I want to give a brief overview of, of, of how AEW came to be uh, back in uh, late 2018, early 2019. So really quickly, before I get into that, uh, let's give a little history lesson here. So AEW uh, was basically sparked by comments from Dave Meltzer, who we all know. Uh, he's one of the best uh, and most famous uh, wrestling writers uh, there is. Uh, Dave Meltzer, he said that Ring of Honor could not sell 10,000 tickets for a wrestling event. Uh, now, that comment was responded uh, to by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, we all know, uh, who were the top stars of Ring of Honor at the time. Uh, so they promoted and, hel- and held an independent wrestling show uh, called All In back in September of 2018. Uh, which featured wrestlers from Ring of Honor as well as other indie promotions. Now, the event sold out, listen to this, in 30 minutes and had the largest audience in attendance for a professional wrestling show in America held by organized uh, by promoters uh, not affiliated with WWE or WCW since 1993. It was attended by 11,000 people. Uh, now, back in November of 2018 trademarks were filed for all elite wrestling you know their pay-per-view names whatnot january 1st that's the day guys that's the day january 1st 2019 in an episode of being the elite which is the youtube series created by the elite uh the young bucks kenny omega and whatnot um that aew was a real thing it was signed uh ready to go January 2nd, Cody and the Young Bucks officially signed with the promotion as competitors as well as executive vice presidents. They got Tony Khan involved, who's a billionaire. Uh, His father is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brandy Rhodes got involved, and then there you go, start of AEW. Uh, But we're here to talk about match quality first. Um, So AEW has put on many numerous uh, interesting concepts to matches that we haven't really seen in wrestling uh, in our time. So here's a couple of examples. They've had Casino Battle Royals at their Double or Nothing pay-per-view, which was an interesting concept uh, where groups of, I believe, eight superstars came in uh, to the Battle Royal, and then after three minutes, another 10 would come in or whatever. Uh, they would have Casino Ladder matches, which is like your money in the banks, uh, but with a little chip uh, up top, which is pretty interesting. We've not seen anything like that before. Uh, but the big one was this year. Um Earlier this summer, we had the stadium stampede match, uh, which is something we've never seen before. We've never seen a match in a football stadium, a cinematic type match at that. Um, So they put that on. They've also had the Cracker Barrel Clash, which was like a hardcore uh, wrestling match. But really, um, I want to get into a little bit of what TNA had to offer when it came to match quality, uh, specifically stating uh, some of the things and the ideas of a Mr. Vince Russo, who was in TNA in 2007. So listen to this, guys, uh, compared to what I just told you with AEW. One of TNA's biggest downfalls was Vince Russo, as we all know. So during the March 2007 TNA pay-per-view Destination X on the last rights match, uh, which was a match between Abyss and Sting, where you had to put one of them in a car. Co- it was basically a coffin match. Uh, you had to put them in the coffin, then they were raised up. Fire Russo chants erupted from the crowd. Fire Vince Russo chance because it was so bad. And guys, I watched this uh, match before we came on the air. It was bad. It was really bad. I mean, 
I've never seen anything like it. There was candlelight operas on the corners of the ring. It was just so dramatic. It took 10 minutes just to get the coffin down from the roof and the ceiling of the arena. It was just, it was just bad. Uh, the same chants were heard, the fire research chants, during the electrified steel cage match with Team 3D, also known as the Dudley Boys, and uh, LAX, where the lights would flicker on and off whenever a wrestler touched the cage to give the impression of somebody being electrocuted. I mean, that's the ideas that were coming from Vince Russo in TNA's prime years. And also, he created the 2007 disaster, the Reverse Battle Royal. So the concept of the Reverse Battle Royal is you had 16 guys starting outside the ring. Uh, The goal of the match to move on is you had to have eight superstars literally go over the top rope into the ring to move on to the second half of the match. And instead of directly going into the ring, they stood outside of the ring like idiots and fought each other the whole time instead of reaching the goal of ending the match and getting the match to the next phase. It was just a disaster. Vince Russo had a lot of things, a lot of problems to do with TNA, especially around that 2007 time. Uh, AEW hopefully does not go in the silly uh, route that it's going uh, with these interesting matches that they're putting on now. Uh, But Cam, I want to get your rebuttal on that right now. Uh, yeah, I, listen, man, if I had to sit here and defend all of it, we'd be here for a really long time. Nobody's perfect. We've all done stuff, right? We've all done bad things. AEW's done some bad stuff. Uh, but here's the deal. If you're talking about things that they brought to the table, one, the, uh, lockdown pay-per-view was an awesome concept. One member in roof closes stuff hanging from it. Now, obviously these are all small minor concepts taken from different things, but they were one of the first ones to really make it like that. Whereas it was a team of four, one in one in, and then one person got the advantage. And then they were able to make that a whole pay-per-view. I think that was an awesome uh, concept. Um, I think the feast or fire tournament was an awesome concept because it was a really new and deep uh, like a deeply written way to get somebody off TV, whether they were leaving or whether they were getting fired or whatever it was, they figured out a way of instead of somebody losing a match and then that's it, or, you know, losing a, you know, a one-off or whatever it was, they found a way to take somebody leaving off television into a full one or two month storyline. So I, I thought a lot of the stuff that they did uh, in, in that respect was really good in creating things that you kind of see being taken right now. Like nobody's done a feast or fire type of, of deal since then. They're honestly the originators and nobody's really tried to rip them off to that extent yet. So um, I, I think that the stuff that they created was, was really good. I think AW, I think fighting around the Jacksonville stadium was really good. Um, you know, other than that, I don't really think they have they, they haven't really done anything that has moved the needle the way that Lockdown or Feast or Fired is, did for TNA when they created it. Both very good, valid points right there in an opening statement. So uh, the next one we're going to go with, uh, the next question is going to be for Cam. Uh, you know, much has been made about the roster for AEW with many calling it almost too deep and rich with talent. What would you say TNA had built with its roster that made it better than AEW's? Yeah, I don't know who's saying the AEW's roster is too deep, but you're lying to yourself and probably to your family. Uh, it is not too deep. Uh, it's actually the cool thing about TNA is TNA actually features this one thing called uh, women's wrestling. I think that's what they're calling it nowadays. Um, I think so. I think so. They put them on for more than two and a half minutes. 
I think. Check my uh, check my stats there on AEW, but uh, I think weekly they actually care about their women's division. So right there, I win the argument. You can't rebuttal it. I don't care how big of an AEW fan is. The AEW front office can't rebuttal it. Your women are averaging three minutes of airtime every week. Like, I'm sorry, you just lose. So I won the argument there already, but I'll continue because I want to give you guys content. Um, the tag team division in TNA was better than AEW's. It was deeper. Uh, the tag team division for AEW has FTR. Moving on. We'll go to the singles men's. Uh, singles, you guys have uh, Moxley, uh, Cody, and Omega. Those, I think that's fair to say that those are your top three. Those are the three you could pick from. There's nobody else other than those three that could be considered the top guy at any one time. There's nobody else, right? That's fair to say. That's not me like jabbing. I think that's fair to say. I think that's an honest, you know, assumption. Uh, I think Cody has done well as the torch carrier. Everybody sees Cody as the guy of AEW because it's hit, you know, it, I get it. It was a group effort. I get that. But a lot of people, when you think AEW and you have to think about one wrestler, you think Cody Rhodes. I also think that's a fair assessment to make. I'm not saying that to take a dig. I think Moxley making the move over was fun. I don't think he's excelled. I don't think he's excelled since he moved away from WWE. I think moving away from WWE was better for his career because he he gets to have a little bit more fun. He gets to have a little bit more. Uh, he, he's more active in his role as his character and he gets to have a little bit more fun and he gets to get outside the box a little bit. But I would say that it, he, he hasn't really accelerated or excelled since he's gotten to AEW and Omega has been selfish since he got to AEW. And we're about to talk about this because I think that he's being selfish because when he came over to AEW, he said that his goal was to make sure that lower talent got recognized, which is fine when you're in a position to be able to do that. But when you're a startup franchise, you don't have the luxury as the best guy on the roster, which Omega is, to just sit back and dish out shots for the for the rookies. The rookies will get their shine, but when LeBron goes to L.A. as a 15-year vet, he dominates, and he shows the rookies how to win, and he shows them how to play at an elite level, and he shows them how to lead the way. He ain't playing from the back as a vet. You play from the back when you're like Jordan on the Wizards, right? Well, nobody really cared about the Wizards. They just wanted to see him drop 30. So that's kind of a bad excuse or a bad example. But when you're when you're on your last leg and you have the opportunity to go into a locker room and be somebody that can teach them how to lead and how to be better as players, as men, as leaders, as wrestlers, as whatever, that's when you do that. Omega doesn't have the the luxury of being able to do what he's doing right now. He has to be... I sold out the Tokyo Dome, Kenny Omega. I'm the cleaner Kenny Omega. I led the best uh, faction that has ever graced wrestling Kenny Omega. And he's not being that. And because he's not being that, he's being forgotten about. And I think he's kind of lazied up a little bit because of that. Tag gang, football season is back. Are you looking for a place to bet on NFL and NCAA football? BetDSI is an industry leader in football betting and the perfect sports book for both novice and professional bettors alike. Yeah, Keith, BetDSI.com has been paying winners for 20 years, and they have 10,000-plus betting options daily on all the sports you love to watch. And they're top-rated on betting review sites. So you can also enjoy live in-game betting. You can bet your favorite teams all game long, 
including props on nearly every play to the final whistle. You know I love to bet on those Packers, Keith. Yes, you do. And you talk so much trash. I love it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's crazy to think 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. You know, man, what's also wild is early on, my boys from college, you know those idiots, they were on to this way before anybody else, it seems. And we used to actually joke uh, that they'd bet on rock, paper, scissor leagues. Like they would bet. (laughs) That's what's awesome. BetDSI offers betting options for everything. Bet on NFL, college football, NBA, NHL, UFC, golf, all other major sports, politics, reality TV, esports, virtually everything. They have a very user-friendly interface and mobile site and has the fastest payouts in the industry. Simply play, win, and get paid. So what are you waiting for, Attack Gang? Go to BetDSI.com and use the promo code TAG100 and get this limited-time 100% bonus offer to make some extra cash on the sports you know and love. And use Bitcoin and get a 100% deposit bonus on your first two deposits up to $2,000. Remember that promo code, TAG100, T-A-G-100. It's only a game until you bet it at BetDSI. That's a, that's a very good opening for that part. Uh, Jared, would you like to uh, respond to that? I didn't even get to my guys either. I just made an argument. <laughs> <laughs> It's very true. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to address is the elephant in the room when it comes to AEW's roster, and that is the women's division. You said it, uh, Cam. Their women's division is probably the weakest in wrestling right now, uh, and that is due to mainly the injuries of Dr. Britt Baker, Chris Statlander, among others. Um, but I will say they do have some talent in the women's division. They have Hikaru Shida, who was a star in Japan. She's she's the women's champion right now. Uh, Britt Baker is one of the best indie performers, men or women of all times. Uh, Chris Dallander, when she's on, she's on. But you got Penelope Ford coming up, uh, Riho. You have Nyla Rose, uh, who is an absolute monster in the ring. Uh, Abaddon, um, Big Swole, and many others. Um, I think that it has the potential to be pretty good. I'm not going to say it's going to be better than TNA because that's the one advantage I will give TNA in this debate. TNA had an awesome women's division, knockout division. Uh, You had awesome Kong. You had Gail Kim, who I think was way before her time in wrestling. She was was one of the best women's competitors and still is. Uh, You had Taryn Terrell. Um, All these women uh, excelled in TNA. I will give you that. But I do think AEW has the potential to become a good and strong women's uh, division in its in its shows. But uh, I, I I like to 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 say that AEW is built like a a circle a sphere of some sort when it comes to their roster. What did they do? They hired uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, who's the executive vice president. You have Cody, who's leading the thing with Tony Khan. Uh, but then you also hire. Uh, known WWE commodities, your John Moxley's, your Chris Jericho's, your veterans who need to be there to help these younger guys come up and who have made their mark in the show already. So you did that. You've also had uh, Pac and many of others uh, who left WWE and wanted something more for their careers. You took them in. But what did you also do? You also incorporated indie promotions. Eddie Kingston just came on and signed with AEW. 
Nobody ever gave him a chance except MWA and many other uh, low indie wrestling shows. I mean, this guy's finally getting his break to be on uh, national TV. And he's doing that with AEW. Uh, he's giving uh, wrestlers like Jungle Boy Jack Perry, uh, Joey Janela, uh, Sonny Kiss, Luchasaurus, all these indie stars, Hangman Page even. Uh, and, he then, and he's bringing them up onto national platforms where they can truly shine. And that's a good thing about AEW is that's what they're doing. But they also didn't do it for just their wrestlers. What did they do? They brought in the best commentators. They brought in the best ring announcers. Right. Good old JR. There's no better voice of wrestling than good old JR. Bring him in. You have Tony Schiavone, voice of the 90s with WCW. You bring in Taz, who's amazing on the mic. But they didn't stop there. You bring in Justin Roberts, right? You bring in Justin Roberts, the voice of the 2000s in the Ruthless Aggression era. You get all these guys who have made their mark. Uh, And even when it comes to referees, right? You got Aubrey Edwards, the best female referee. Let me just say this. Aubrey Edwards is the best referee right now in the game, by far. There's no doubt in my mind, except maybe Mike Chioda, which he just went uh, to AEW as well. Um, but it didn't stop there either, uh, Cam. They, they went and got managers. They got the Jake the Snake Roberts. They got Double A Arn Anderson. They got Vicky Guerrero. They're getting these big names to come over to their company and make it shine. Now, the Kenny Omega thing, I want to go back to that a little bit before we move on. Uh, Cam, is Kenny Omega a champion in AEW? I think so. I don't know. I kind of forgot about him. Mm, well, you, you shouldn't forget because he's tag team champion with Hangman Adam Page in AEW. So he's got the belt, right? They haven't lost yet. They're, I believe, 13-0 in 2020. So I think Kenny's doing just fine. He might not be in the main event scene right now, but he sure as hell will be. Uh, in the future, and he was when he first came. He fought John Moxley. He fought Pack in these crazy, insane pay-per-view matches. He hasn't gone anywhere. He still has his name. And and here's another thing, Cam: tag team division. You cannot tell me that TNA had a better tag team division than AEW right now. You can't. You just can't. Hangman Page and Kenny Omega are your champions. You have the Young Bucks. You have SCU, SoCal and Censor. Uh, you have the Butcher and the Blade, FTR. Uh, Jurassic Express, I could go on. I could go on. There's no private party. There's no deeper tag team division in wrestling right now than AEW. And that just excels what TNA did in their prime as well. And now, look, I've said this on the show many times. One of my favorite tag teams of all time is the Motor City Machine Guns. They are legit. And they ruled TNA in the uh, early 2000s. But right now, as we're speaking, there's no better tag team division in all of wrestling than AEW. There's just not. And you can't say that. You can't tell me that TNA has beaten AEW in that regard. In the women's division, fine. I'll let you get that one. But Uh-oh. go ahead, Kim. I'm, I know you want to say something, so go ahead. I have many rebuttals. Uh, one is just because you filled out a roster doesn't mean you're deep. We'll just let that sit there. Uh, also, if we're gonna go to if we're gonna go to tag teams, right? I get Team 3D when they're still hot, right? Fair. I get the James Gang when they were at their t- when they were at the top post WWF, and I'm not saying that, but I at least get them right. Okay, so my top three is Motor City Machine Guns, who at one point was the hottest tag team in the world. 
I get AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels, who had a three-year run together, is arguably one of the best tag teams in the world, too. And I also get AMW, who is probably the best tag team that TNA ever put out. Also, you're, you spent a lot of time talking about who, how all these people that AEW got. Can I spend time talking about all the people that TNA brought up, that TNA actually cultivated in their own house? Right. AJ Styles. I can stop there. AJ Styles is better than anybody that's on either one of our rosters. He's the number one guy. If you combine the rosters, it's AJ and it's not even close. It's not even close. He was a better leader for Bullet Club than Kenny was. That's that's not even arguable. Yeah, yeah you're right on that. You're right on that. Right. It's, so he's number he's number one, right? If you combine the rosters, like I'm not saying that everybody on TNA's roster was great. What I'm saying that if you want to go tops, Tags, women, and singles. A TNA wins. TNA beats AEW. They just do. I, I'm still going to say that you are right about the women's division, and it's not even close. Tag team division. I still think I'm right on that note. Uh, and when when you say about bringing, yes, AJ Styles is a TNA homegrown, right? He he is their face. There's no other person that revolutionized TNA more than AJ Styles but you know Jeff Jarrett brought this company in to face uh Miss Mr. McMahon uh in the early 2000s you know and he's he's getting these young guys but I mean that's what I love about AEW is that they're they're digging deep with their young talent uh to get them uh on the show like I said earlier the Jungle Boy Jack I think Jungle Boy Jack Perry is going to be a star uh, I I also like MJF MJF's the best on the mic right now they're bringing up these young guys who might not have started and homegrown in aew but they haven't gotten to that point yet where they were on national tv they weren't hitting their primes yet mm. and that's what they're going to do in aew and that's what's going to make aew so special is when all these guys get in their primes they're going to rock it and in so far so far in aew in two years less than two years they're competing with the big dogs and, and, and arguably their best show with the, I'm not talking about TNA right now. I'm talking about WWE. They're competing with NXT every week, which is their a show. In my opinion, right now, NXT is the best they've got. And, and they're, they're beating them every week almost. So they're, they're doing something right here. Uh, you can go on about how many, you know, WWE signings TNA brought in Kurt Angle, Booker T's, all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, AEW just, loaded loaded with talent i i give you that they are competing with nxt uh to say that AEW has the best tag team roster in the planet is laughable on all levels uh, right uh, now they do yes they do not, no no they, yes all right fair enough so okay i'll give you well, who's, who's, who's better than just give me who, who do you think is better in the world right raw now? smackdown nxt and new japan no wrong okay you're, you're wrong i can be wrong, I can be wrong when, you, when you're you when you're when you're using cesaro and shinsuke nakamura as a tag team if you can't put them over in singles competition they both should be high champions they should be world champions sure. but you're putting them together as a tag team and let me let me get this straight so new day uh they're hopping around with unicorns on their foreheads sure. yes they're entertaining they've won many tag team championships mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but who else do you have after that right now? I mean, it's just hard to, to say that they're better than AEW when it comes to tag teams. You just can't say it. New Day, Usos, Usos, Imperium, Street Profits, who's the best tag team right now amongst all companies, I think. Uh, so you put the Street Profits ahead of, ahead of FTR. 
I think that would be fun. I, I actually, I'm very high on FTR. FTR is my favorite tag team. Um, so I think, yeah, I think FTR and the Usos are in the top echelon of tag teams in the world. I think the Usos are the best tag team in WWE. That's how I Period. That's how I, I agree. So, I agree with that. The, all right. So if you have Omega, Cody, and Moxley as your, your top potential one stars, right? So in the area, in the era, you're allowing me to work with in TNA. I get a mm-hmm. choice of Angle, Sting, Joe, Daniels, AJ, and Christian. Who, by the way, Christian's run in TNA was 100 times better than anything he ever did in WWE as a single. As a single. Christian's run in TNA was the best he's ever done in his life as a single, and I loved it, and I wish he would have stayed longer. Because I think he would have been... I think he would have been a staple and a legend in TNA rather than a one contract WWE wrestler who went to TNA. I truly believe he would have built something incredible if he had stayed there for the long term. Right. Yeah. All right. All right, Battle. I think we got to move on here. Uh, what, what's the next quick week ago? Cam and I could go on and on about this, but, but, what's, but, what's, but again, if I, if I may, this is what I enjoy about hanging out with people that get me because like you mm-hmm. and I could argue for two hours and then go grab dinner. Rather than yeah, like, I put out cool. one thing on Twitter and all of a sudden somebody wants to kill my mom. And it's like, I don't want to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I want to, I, I want to dish back and forth with people that understand that at the end of it, it's a game. You mm. know what I mean? It's yeah. like when people get really hyped about football and they want to fight. I'm like, it's not real. Like it's a game to me. I don't, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> right. So yeah. I appreciate this. I love this. And you guys keep yeah. having me on. Why? I don't know. But thank of course, you. side note, if I can interject, uh, Shinsuke and Cesaro were not supposed to be tag team champions. According to the dirt sheets, it was supposed to be somebody else, but we won't talk about that because it involves politics. Anyways, um, right. so the next topic is about ratings. Uh, it's what everyone seems to be talking about. Of course, you see Brian Alvarez posting every week about what ratings are and everything else. I'll give you both time to speak about this beginning with Cam. Uh, I I tell you what, one of the things that I found about wrestling that I enjoy more of is I don't listen to a second of Alvarez or Meltzer and my life has gotten so much better. Like I think a lot of people on social media have stopped listening to him. Incrementally like better. Like (laughs) I just, I, I hate everything Dave Meltzer does. I'm sure he's a lovely person and his mom loves him, but he is the worst for wrestling continuing. I would hope his mom loves him. No, no, no. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. <laughs> I, I hate his position that he has in the profession, and I think he does nothing but negative for it. Moving on. That's my own thing. I don't care. Come at me. At ACM Wrestling. Find me. Fight me. I don't care. Uh, TNA over from 05 to 09, TNA has had more 1.0 weeks than they have 0.something weeks. They peaked at 1.7, which is a million more than what AEW is doing right now. So if we're just talking ratings and numbers, I'm going to win this pretty easily. So I don't even really have to talk a long time. But again, we're arguing a year one, right? Like I'm a Texans fan. I remember our year one. We didn't draw a million people and we played in the NFL. <laughs> like, it, you know, you got to understand where you are in the game. But like it, TNA drew way better than AEW. AEW won't draw two million at their peak. It, TNA did. Okay. So that was your argument. Um, uh, here's where I'm going. Yeah, we can do the one year thing, right? We can do that all we want. Uh, I'm I'm focusing on their prime. Cam did did TNA ever beat a Monday Night Raw when they were on Monday night? The answer is no, I can answer for you. Uh they they did not um and they never would have even if they had the top stars they had in their prime. They they're never going to beat a, a main 
show. And AEW is not either, uh, honestly. Um, but that's not what their goal is. Um, their goal is to compete with NXT, which is WWE's form of indie-based wrestling, right? Um, it's their A show right now. It's the most uh, interesting part of their company. Um, so here comes the Wednesday Night Wars, right? AEW and NXT matchup. Uh, Cam, can you guess out of the 45 times AEW and NXT matched up on a Wednesday night, can you guess how many times AEW has beaten NXT in key, key demographic ratings? I believe, aren't they like 41 and 4 or something like that? They have won, AEW has won 44 out of the 45 times they've matched up. 44, yeah. That's one week they didn't beat NXT in key demographic ratings. Yep. When it comes to total number of viewers per night, Mm -hmm. can you guess how many times AEW has been NXT out of 45 times? I think isn't I'm close in the 40 range, right? Is it 41? Uh, you're a little, it's a little lower. It's 36. 36. So, yeah, I knew it was high number. Yeah. Right. And sure. 36 out of the 45 times they won in total number of ratings. That means total amount of viewers uh, who watched. Mm-hmm. That's their goal, right? Is to beat NXT yeah. every week. They're not worried yeah. about Monday Night Raw. They're not worried about SmackDown. If they get a million viewers, sweet. It's just what WWE is doing right now. A little, maybe a little less than two million, right for SmackDown mm-hmm. and Raw. But that's sure. that wasn't TNA's goal. TNA's goal was to fight with the big dog, right? Yeah. To fight with the Monday Night Raw, to fight with the SmackDown. AEW's not worried about that. They're worried about competing with the best show that WWE has to, has to offer, and they've proven that every week, pretty much. You could say almost a hundred percent every week uh, they've sure. beaten NXT when it comes to ratings, and that's because yeah. they put on a special product, right? They're, people aren't watching. NXT and switching to AW for any reason, reason, right? It's 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 because the talent there, the match types they put on, the edginess they bring, it's just mm-hmm. what we needed right now in this time of of era of wrestling. So when it comes to ratings, AEW is doing their job. Um, that's what they're they're here to do. They're here to be NXT, and that's all I have to say about that. Uh, yeah, I guess I would. I, I'm curious as to why AEW is only focused on. Uh, NXT. I don't understand. Uh, that's why I can, I can at least applaud TNA's ability to want to fight with the big dog. I don't understand why you would, why your their highest goal is to compete with a developmental league. Because it's not a deve- I mean, developmental league anymore. It used to no, be. No, I, I agree with that. But if why would you want to compete with the? with the the department of the best company that's drawing the lowest why wouldn't you want to go compete with the department that's drawing the highest because it has their most talented stars that's the point yeah but, you, yeah, but why wouldn't you just go get the market share why wouldn't you Listen, just go get the big numbers here's the thing AEW is not going to beat a monday night raw on a typical basis right can we both agree sure. on that based on views I think you're right. yeah okay and right now and what does wwe have that AEW doesn't right now a lot of money. A lot. Well, yes and no, but yes. But I was talking along the lines of they have a world audience, right? They have better talent too. That helps. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Well, then, why, well, then why aren't they executing them to their abilities, Kim? No. Okay. Well, that's different. Okay. A bad writer can make a good actor sure, look terrible. Sure. But if you have all this talent, then why aren't you using it? That's the question we both should know. Because right? they actually have too much talent. They are the ones that actually are too deep. <laughs> Cam, 
my point is they're not going to compete with the main show because they have the world uh, viewership. They have views in Saudi Arabia. They have views in Australia that AEW just has, doesn't have yet. And it's it's because it's not even been two years yet. Uh, but, for, but for what they've done, right, in the short amount of time, they yes. have impressed. And their goal Absolutely. is to be NXT right now, which is WWE's best product. And they're doing that on a consistent basis. So I'm going to leave it at that, at that okay? Yeah. I want them to go after the big dogs, though. Like, I want them to go after Raw and SmackDown. Not, right. not necessarily like, hey, we're going to move to Mondays and, see, you know, maybe shoot ourselves in the foot. Right. But I want them to go compete with them. I want them to be in the mindset of, like, we're going to go – we're going to go here. Right. Eventually. But, Again, it's even But TNA did that. That's what they did. Right. They shot themselves yes. in the foot by moving to Monday nights, and they couldn't hang. They didn't last two months. If you stuck yeah. to Thursday or Tuesday or whatever, you might have had a better shot. But it's when you're going up with the big dog and Vince McMahon, it's not going to work most of the times. Right? I agree with that. But they, even if they didn't move, at least their mindset was to compete with them. Yeah, their mindset wasn't to compete with Florida Championship Wrestling, which it was at that time. Their mindset was to go after the big guy, right? But that was also when it was a developmental. That's that's what I'm saying. NXT is no longer a developmental. It's way beyond that. It's a third brand now. Triple H has sure. turned that into a third brand, and it's their 100%. best brand, their most talented brand. Uh, and that's why I think AEW is hanging right now is because they're beating NXT on a weekly basis. They're hanging in there. And that's what's smart really? about it because they, they don't have to. They don't have to go after Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. They, they can go straight towards NXT where most of the diehard wrestling fans are watching either NXT or AEW right now. So mm-hmm. there we go. All right. Yeah. I think we should move on to the next point, Cam. What do you say? Done. Let's go. All right, here we go. So both companies have presented themselves as the alternative to WWE programming, which we kind of talked about just a little bit ago, and as such have different presentations in the same ways and also innovations on TV and pay-per-view. Jared, what makes AEW stand out above the pack with their programming and how they got innovative with the presentation? Okay, so there's a few things I want to cover uh, during this topic. Uh, The first being pay-per-view pay-per-views are meant to be special nights right they're supposed to be where you have your biggest matches your biggest draws your biggest superstars all in one place for a three-hour show aew has about i don't know four four maybe five pay-per-views a year making them actually special again and this is a ripped wwe who is the big dog who both companies are were trying to fight in some sort of way uh whether it be the main show or nxt um i don't want to give an example uh this past sunday we had wwe SummerSlam, right uh second biggest pay-per-view of the year uh for wwe this sunday they're holding another pay-per-view wwe payback Mm -hmm. back-to-back pay-per-views um what that says to me is that they're struggling and they want big matches and they want the biggest stars, Roman Reigns coming back, whatnot. They're just not special anymore. When you have a pay-per-view every single month of the year, it brings down the specialness aspect of it. If you keep them to four or five a year, it makes them worth the wait, worth the while. You get to build storylines up more uh, instead of just creating a new one for a month span of time and then say, oh, well, it culminated at the pay-per-view. Let's just start another one. 
right? It lets it draw out more. So AEW is doing that with having four to five pay-per-views a year, uh, keeping it uh, at a special time. And, and also they're doing it on Saturdays uh, compared to Sundays, which is smart st- uh, strategy uh, in case you all were wondering. Um, the second thing I want to go over is um, unscripted promos. Uh, this is the big dog for me. This is the big dog that AEW is doing. WWE is known for having scripted promos, right? And John Moxley has made that clear on multiple interviews that when he was leaving WWE, his last few months in WWE, he did not want to go to work because a 70-year-old man was handing him a script to read off of every time when he goes out there. No matter if he liked it or not, he had to read it word for word because Vince McMahon told him to, right? AEW is giving these stars who, who are amazing. Moxley's amazing on the mic. And MJF's amazing on the mic. And Taz is so good on the mic. You give these guys the ability to say what they want and be as creative as they want, have those creative uses flowing. Give them bullet points. That's what Keith and I have talked about all the time. Using bullet points in promos, it just makes it sound more real, uh, more heartfelt. And it's it's just it sucks that WWE is keeping these stars uh, from expressing themselves through their voice. Uh, and that's what AEW is doing. They're giving these... Uh, superstars unscripted uh promos with bullet points to get their point across and make it sound interesting to the audience and i think it's working uh third thing two hour shows a week that's a big one wwe monday night raw is three hours right now and it is a struggle to get through an entire episode of monday night raw they have to throw in promos they have to throw in cutscenes they have to throw in jobber matches it's just so hard to stay focused and stay interested in a wwe monday night raw anymore uh and aew keeps that at a short two-hour time frame with it probably seven or eight matches a night and they keep it fast they keep it going they keep it high flying they keep it action-packed and it's working and they also have three promos in there a night so they're keeping it working with these two-hour shows yeah um last thing and it's just a, a silly one that I find awesome. Uh, AEW's entrance is set up where heels, they have two tunnels, right? Where the heels enter on the left tunnel and faces enter the right tunnel. I've never seen that before uh, in wrestling. They all come out of the same uh, back uh, gorilla position, right? In WWE, I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, having to differentiate, you know, the heels from the faces is cool. And one uh, last thing, the time limits uh, for their matches. AEW has time limits for matches. WWE does not. Uh, keeping it to a 20-minute time limit makes the, the match seem more important. And when it does draw out, if the time does run out, uh, you can put a star like maybe a young Darby Allen or a Jungle Boy P- Jack Perry. Uh, they don't have to lose the match to be over, right? Um, and that's that's really important uh, when it comes to the, this day and age in wrestling. So those are my points uh, on that. So, Cam, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I like the two hours. Uh, I think for AEW, the two hours, like you said, is perfect enough for them to keep it high flying the promos and just enough time for them to not, uh, have a women's division. Nailed it. Boom. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Sorry, that, was, that wasn't for you. That wasn't, I was just, <laughs> that, was, that was a shot right at AEW. Not at you, my, my friend, Jared, not at you. Uh, what I really enjoyed about TNA, a couple of different things. One, they had two tunnels where heels entered from one side and faces entered from the other. Weird how somebody brought that up already. Thank you. Uh, 
they also had the one tunnel on either side of the ring. I thought was really cool uh, before they, so it was originally it was, you know, it was, they played with the one tunnel on either side. So you kind of had to look one way or the other. Uh, so instead of, you know, that moment where the music hits and everybody just kind of like at one place, you know what I mean? You kind of had to keep your head on a swivel, just small stuff like that. It made for those moments, just a little bit more interactive and kind of a little more, realistic which i really enjoyed so they had the one on the one side and one on the other and then they played around with two tunnels that funnel out into the one the one platform uh they had the ramp which was the same level as the ring which i never really knew if i actually got into uh it was different though so if we're gonna go with things that are different there was definitely that uh i have i'm switzerland on it right now but it was definitely different uh, and then the biggest thing for TNA is the six-sided ring, right? That's what they're known for. Um, you know, you ask the wrestlers, you're going to get a lot of different answers. Most of them just pretty much hated it uh, all the way around. So tough there, tough going. Uh, they had the X Division matches, uh, you know, for the, the X Division title where the ropes were hanging across and the, the title was hanging from the middle. They had some really uh, epic moments from there. Uh, with those guys, you know, when you throw Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, you know, when you can throw all of them in a ring uh, and, and, you know, they created some really awesome moments from that, I think is what they're known for. Kind of going back to Jared's point, I'm not really going to compare them because I think I'm, I'm definitely going to lose that as far as individually. Uh, but Don West and Mike Tanay were, those were the guys for TNA. You know, obviously Don West left, um, you know, they replaced him with Taz, who Taz was fantastic as a commentator. I love Taz as a commentator. Uh, I think that's his bread and butter because he's just so good at being that uh, on on air uh, bad guy, but also calling calling action and calling stuff in the ring and talking about it. I think he's he's fantastic. He's such a natural. I love him in that role. Uh, but, I, you know, Mike Tanay and, and Don West in their heyday, I think, would go up against anybody else. And granted, Tanay had some WCW, had a WCW run, you know, with Shivani. Um, I think people know Tanay more from TNA. Actually, I would be really interested to run that as like a poll to figure out do people recognize him more from WCW or TNA? I think it probably end up being TNA. Um, you know, but again, they had that, uh, you knew who it was when you turned it on. You know what I mean? When you turn on Shivani or when you turn on JR's voice, you know, it, it's either one of like four different places, right? So with Shivani, it's either WCW or AEW. And with JR, it's either AEW, New Japan, or WWE. Um, you know, when you were Don West's voice, it was only coming from one place kind of a thing. So again, that's a really half-hearted argument towards uh, a topic I'm going to lose uh, bad very bad. Uh, but I think those were all those things. And also I would be remiss if I didn't mention the one thing that made TNA better than AEW. I told Jared, I'd bring it up. He laughed. He didn't think I was going to do it. I'll do it. Shark boy. Boom. Mic drop. TNA had shark boy. Nobody else. <laughs> yes. That's, that's what made TNA so much better than AEW. They had shark Girl, boy. You're just mad. You didn't think of it first. Right. Right. And you know who they also had? They also had suicide, right? They did. That, that was that was interesting. And they also had uh uh oh my gosh. Yeah, all right, sorry. Curry man. Curry man, thank you. That's what I was aiming for. Uh you're just mad and get interesting gimmicks from TNA. Yeah, who who would have thought to put Shark Boy into a coma and he comes back as Steve Austin? You didn't think of that. You're not smart enough to think of that. I'm not either, but we had him and you didn't, so meh. 
That's my argument. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, boys and girls, here we go. It's the last question of the debate. So what are some key highlights of the promotion you're, you're championing that you would use to persuade a friend or relative who doesn't watch wrestling to give a product a try? Cam, we're going to let you have the floor first. Oh, you know what? All of my answers I wrote down for five were actually my answers to six. Huh. My answers to five were, uh, at the time TNA was at its peak, was a lot like AEW. It was the only competition to WWE. It was the only thing you could turn on, other than driving down the road to a bar and paying 10 bucks to see uh, a promotion, which you should absolutely do, because those indie promotions are some of the best things you'll ever go to in your life. Uh, but yeah, that was my answer for number five. They were the only competition. So really the only ones you were going to be able to watch on a cable as far as like, you know, nationally, uh, on cable or anything like that. You're not really going to pick up new Japan over here. It's on XS TV, but let's be honest. Nobody in America watches new Japan wrestling in, in a, in a global sense, in a broad sense, in a broad sense. I know people do. Uh, but yeah, all of my answers that I said to number five were actually my answers to number six. So see former Cameron from three minutes ago to see this one all sure. right well uh jared what's your what's your rebuttal from cam's answers from number five <laughs> you know what um, I, got excited, man. I got excited yeah um don't get me wrong i was interested in tna when i was younger i thought this was something new something crazy with the x division like he mentioned earlier the six-sided ring uh it was different right but that's what AEW was bringing right now. And with, what is the difference between AEW and TNA right now? Well, you know, AEW is actually fighting and beating a, a, an, a show from WWE every week. Unlike TNA, who competed with WWE but never really got over the hump, right? And where, where have they gone? They've gone to Impact. They've changed their whole brand. Uh, they're, they're pretty much the third-rated uh, show uh, in wrestling right now, arguably, uh, with WWE being first still and then AEW. So um, what I would like to say for people who haven't watched AEW yet is give them a try, right? It's different from WWE in many levels. It's going to bring you action, nonstop action, killer promos, uh, interesting match types that you may never heard or seen before. But it's also going to bring you that nostalgia, right, with those Chris Jericho moments and John Moxley moments and JR moments. Uh, it's new. It's innovative. It's different from WWE. Um, I'm going to be honest. I I didn't want to watch wrestling uh, before AEW came along. From the years 2011 to 2018, I just did not want to watch wrestling because I knew WWE wasn't doing it for me. Uh, their job was just lackluster for me. Um, it's different. It's new. Uh, Tanae and I both can agree that it's the best wrestling show of the week, Wednesday Night Dynamite. Um, that's what I have to say. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this debate between TNA and AEW. Uh, battle close it out for us, man. Well, um, so I, I, we're going to pick a winner, I guess. But, uh, of course, real quick, I know we didn't get to recap Dynamite because, well, Penelope Ford and Allie were on the show. Hey. I was told to do this by Keith. Hey, that's my girl right there. That's my girl. You know, I, I told – You want me to play some R&B, Usher, you make me want to. Yes, so. yes, yes. He does this every week when I mention her. It, it, <laughs> but It wouldn't be the same without it, honestly. <laughs> 
Okay. Anyways, uh, let's get back to this. So if I'm going to go and call a winner, <laughs> um, as uh, the moderator, my choice, and after listening to both sides back and forth, I got to give it to KM with the TNA. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look at his reaction. I, and and I, I give it to Cam for the TNA because, like I said, you know, I was there every Wednesday night. I relived it. AEW is still in that startup phase. They're, you know, just a year over. There's still some time to grow with AEW. Um, I think the one thing that Cam did kind of make a valid point is the women's wrestling. Um, there's not much of it on AEW, even with the tag team tournament that they just did. Uh, that was a big thing for them. But when they did the tournament, what do you get at the end of it? You got a gold medal. Uh, one more thing, uh, and why I would tell people to go back and watch TNA from the time that I'm talking about. Um, if you go back and watch it there, you'll see everybody who's great in every other show today. That's why you should watch it over there. Because everybody that made it came from there. <laughs> And there you go. That's who it is. Congratulations, Cam. Uh, we'll do this again next time. Good debate, Cam. Good debate, Nelly. Come back to me uh, five years from now when AEW is still going on uh, and competing with WWE. Oh, yeah. Yeah. TNA just drew a 160 with Motor City Machine Guns. They're not going to be around for long. Well, guys, there you have it. It was our AEW and TNA debate. I want to thank Tim Battle for joining us today, being our special guest moderator. Of course, you can go on and listen to Battleground Podcast. He just had Nick Aldis on his show. We listened to that. It was awesome. And thank you for the shout-out, by the way, uh, Tim. That was awesome. Of course, of course. Uh, but, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Mixed Tag. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, from the always entertaining Miss Tanae Purnell. Uh, from the friend of the show and the evil empire himself, Mr. Cam Manning, and from Tim Battle from Battleground Podcast, this is your man, Jared Watson. 